Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. of John chapter 1. We're going through this book. You know, in this book, John chapter 1 and John chapter 2 is the day planner of Jesus Christ when He began His ministry day by day for one week. Now that's kind of neat to have something 2,000 years old and we get to look every day into the life of Jesus as He begins His earthly ministry. It's pretty amazing actually when we understand that God has a day-to-day plan for us as well. Well, this is day three. Now we've been going through the book of first, or excuse me, the book of John, and this is day three starting in verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. This John is John the Baptist. As we've been reading, he clearly said, I am not the Messiah, but there is one coming after me whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to unleash. Now, understanding that John's ministry was unique, in order to become a follower of Judaism... In the Bible, before Jesus came, you would renounce your pagan deity, the worship of the Astros and the Baals and you name it, they worshipped it. You would renounce that. You would take a ceremonial washing and then embrace Yahweh as your God. But what was so unusual about John the Baptist's ministry... To people who were already Jewish, he said, you Jewish nation, you need to take a ceremonial washing. Well, that really set them sideways. Because that wasn't something they were used to hearing. They thought that they were righteous because they were the descendants of Abraham. In fact, oftentimes as you study Scripture, you'll see where, where the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, who were chiding with Jesus often, would come to Jesus and say, Our father Abraham. Like, woo, like you inherited your spirituality. Well, we don't. That's up to every individual. That's why moms and dads, we have a responsibility to our kids to lead them and train them in the ways of the Lord. That is our responsibility. In other words, being a Christian isn't something you inherit. I've actually had people say that. I say, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I was born in America. Well, that doesn't mean anything. What being a Christian is, is being a follower of Christ. So it says, The next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus, he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. We actually find this back in verse 29 as well. Because John recognized something about Jesus that was uniquely different than anybody else. And it wasn't that he had a halo or that he glowed in the dark. Oftentimes in those pictures in the bookstores we see that. 
But what made Jesus different was that God's anointing was upon him. Now friends, there's a lot of things here that pertain to us. How can something written 2,000 years ago be so particular to each one of you and me? That's the way God wrote it. God's Word is alive. In fact, the Hebrews believed, the Jewish people believed, that the Bible was as alive as you, me, your dog, or anything else. And just because it didn't have blood in it, didn't mean that, or a beating heart, doesn't mean that it wasn't alive. Now that Bible tells us that it is alive. Now look at what he says here. Looking at Jesus... He walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The word Lamb of God would in the future speak of the ultimate sacrifice. In those days, they would offer lambs for the sacrifice of the sins of the nation of Israel. So what's so unusual, John is looking at Jesus saying, You're the ultimate sacrifice. Wow. Talk about things supernaturally No, no. We're going to get into this in just a minute. The reason why is because God has supernatural things for each one of us. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. This didn't bother John the Baptist that two of John the Baptist's disciples, who was the forerunner of Jesus, went and followed Jesus instead. He didn't mind that at all. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? That's a fancy way of saying, how can I help you? So Jesus turns to the two disciples of John the Baptist who decided to start following him based upon what John the Baptist said. And Jesus turns and says, how can I help you? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, teacher. Now, by the way, a teacher would then imply a student. So by them calling him a teacher, they're saying, we're willing to learn from you. Now, let me tell you something, friends. The worst thing I think can ever happen to an individual concerning anything is to think you know it all. Many great businesses have hit the dirt because the owner of the company thought he knew everything. Whenever you think you've come to the point where I no longer need to learn anything, you have isolated yourself from the advancements in every avenue, whether it be in technology, whether it be in your help, whether it be in this, in the, in the social. I mean, somebody could come up to you and say, you know, I've got a big company. 1890, I'm a wheeling, dealing dude. Yep. 1890. What's your business? Buggy whips. Yep, I'm styling. You know, in 50 years, I'm going to probably retire as I make my empire even larger. Well, what was wrong with that? We don't use buggies anymore. And because we don't use buggies anymore, we don't need buggy whips. But a lot of people in their personal lives, whether it be you as an individual, you as a boss, you as an employee, what happens is we get settled in, we think things are always going to remain the way they are, meanwhile everything is a moving. Well, they came to Jesus and they said, teacher, where are you staying? Now this implies that they were willing to go spend time with Him. 
Friends, I really genuinely believe as we decide to spend time with Jesus, we will learn from Jesus. Now we're going to find here in the next couple of verses some principles in every avenue of our lives. And so he said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. You know what's funny here is they even remembered the time of day that they decided to spend time with Jesus. It's even recorded for us. Don't ever think that uh, that time that you spend with the Lord is wasted time. It's very important because this is where God speaks to us. Now, in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says God has the knowledge to witty inventions. And by listening to God, getting alone from God, closing everything off, this is what a lot of people do in meditation, uh, transcendental meditation. And we know that that's not good, and I'll tell you why. Because unfortunately, in many of these meditation circles, they meditate upon nothing. Well, let's focus on the third eye in the middle of your forehead in the lotus position in your living room. What's wrong with that? Well, the problem is, because we're spiritual beings, friends, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you don't even care about God, when you open yourself up, because we were designed by God to receive messages from heaven, When we open ourselves up without being centered on God, any weird thing can influence us. I've shared this before the last couple of weeks as we've been going through this. And you watch these these, um, newsreel, news reports on serial killers. Well, I just did the what the voices in my head were saying to do. You know, well, what's wrong with that? Because we are spiritual beings, we can receive information from many different sources, like the radio in your car. You can pick up many different stations. The problem is, we don't want to be open to any voice that comes along. We want to be tuned in to His voice. The Bible says many false prophets have gone out into the world. And if you're listening to the wrong voice, it's going to affect the way you live. And so we need to be tuned into hearing what he has to say. Notice they said, teacher, come and see. He showed them where he was living. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, one of the disciples of John's name was Andrew, who was Simon Peter's brother. These are the two, or maybe I should say initially, this is the ones that came after uh, Jesus. Now notice it says, one of the two heard John speak, followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Notice what happens here. When they found Jesus, Andrew then goes and finds his brother, which implies that he had to look for him. There's a statistic out that says 70% or more of Americans would go to church if somebody would invite them. Isn't that amazing? Now, all he did 
to Peter with, say, come, I found the Messiah. You know, it's interesting. There wasn't an hour-long sermon. There wasn't, you know, uh, all. Why? Because there's an emptiness inside of us we know that needs to be filled. We know there's a quest inside of us that needs knowledge and information. The problem is, friends, we don't go to the right sources for it. When we don't go to the right sources for it, we believe things that are wrong, and that wrong belief leads us down a path of emptiness. See, only God really satisfies our soul. You were put on this planet, on this earth, not by accident, not because lightning hit a swamp and a bunch of squiggly things happened and pop, here we are, but because God had a divine plan for you. We all look individually different. I don't know how God could make us all look different with two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, but He does. And that tells me that we have an individual purpose as well. God doesn't make any mistakes. I know some of you, sometimes, I know in my life, felt like I was a mistake. God has no mistakes. You're divinely designed by God. You're divinely designed by God to hear His voice. And the reason God wants to talk to you, are you ready for this? Is to change you. Well, I don't want to change. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Anybody that ever gets loaded or stoned or drunk wants to be changed. Otherwise, you wouldn't drink. Otherwise, you wouldn't toke. Otherwise, you wouldn't bong. We want to be changed. We want to see something different than we used to see. Back in the late 60s, early 70s, people were eating LSD so they could watch the walls meld into the floor and see the colors and the whole thing, you know. They want to be changed. But the problem is the change was not advancing their life. It was destroying their life. So what does God want to do? He wants to speak to us to change us. Now friends, this next verse here will change your business. It will change your family. It will change you. It will change your kids. Because this is one of the greatest principles and secrets in the Bible. You ready for this? And when they brought Simon Peter to Jesus, now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, son of Jonah, but you shall be called Caiaphas, which means a stone. Now you say, that's a great principle? Yeah, it is. Why is that? When Jesus looked at Peter, he said, your name is Peter, but I'm going to call you Rocky. Your name is going to be Rocky, a stone. Now, I've read the Bible. I've looked at the life of Peter. If I was going to call him anything, I would have called him Mushy. Mushy. Why is that? I'll never deny you, Lord. Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you'll deny you know me three times. The cock crows, you know, by the way, it says twice. One of the versions always says one, but the, Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you'll have denied you know me three times. You would think on possibly the first or second denial of Christ, there when Jesus is being interrogated, 
in Pilate's courtyard as they were warming themselves by the fire. And they said, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? I don't know who he is. This is Rocky. I don't know who he is. And I could see the first or second denial and cock-a-doodle-doo. And you'd think, hey, that's kind of something interesting. But it says the second time the cock crows, you'll have denied you know me three times. You'd think you'd kind of like the first cock crowing would be kind of a wake-up call. But what's the dynamic principle here then that we're talking about? Let's look at this. You are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Rocky. Do you know Jesus saw him differently than himself? Everybody else saw him as Peter. Everybody else saw him as brother of Andrew. Jesus saw him as a rock. But he wasn't. If you read the scripture, he wasn't. Or was he? When we get up to Acts chapter 2, where they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're in the upper room, this Peter, who was so intimidated, denied he knew the Lord three times, Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth. He was the deluxe Peter doll. Sometimes he'd take his shoe off first, then put his foot in the mouth. They're walking along. Jesus said, I gotta go to Jerusalem. I gotta die. Peter goes, You don't gotta go to Jerusalem. You don't have to die. And Jesus turns to him and says, Get behind me, Satan. Oh, that's a pretty hard remark for somebody named Rocky. But what is it? Jesus saw him. Now, friends, get this. Apply it to your business. It'll change your life. Apply it to your personal life. It'll change your life. Jesus saw him for what he was going to be, not for what he was. That's such an important part of our life. Think about it in the business field. Do you know how many people have become multimillionaires? And I'm going to sound like some, some TV guy late at night. But you know what they do? They go out and buy a rundown house. They buy it, fix it up, and sell it. Why and how is that? They see it for what it can be, not for what it is. Do you get that? Your kids that are kind of goofy, see them for what they can be, not for what they are. God sees you and me, what we're going to be, not for what we are right now. Isn't that important to know? That God sees you differently than you see yourself. Because God sees what you can be. Oftentimes we limit ourselves because we say, I am only what I see and I'm a wreck. Why do you think people kill themselves? Is it because they've got poor health? No, they say that a lot of people that kill themselves have perfect health. But what's the problem? They don't see themselves any different than what they see when they look in the mirror. God says, I see you differently than you see yourself. Oh, so that's why when I pray, I call him teacher. I tune into his channel. God tells me who I will be, not who I am right now. You see, God knows the future. 
In fact, that's what makes the Bible different than any other religious book, different than the Koran, different than any other faith that's out there, because it contains prophecy. God says, see, I've told you beforehand, so you know. How do you know a religious book is true unless there's some eye mark that makes it uniquely different than anything else? Prophecy. Been over this many times in in the book of um, book of Luke, chapter twenty one, Jesus said something astounding. He said, "Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled." A Gentile was anyone that wasn't Jewish. So he says that Jerusalem will be under anyone else's control that isn't Jewish until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. You know what's so weird about that? When Jesus said it was under Roman control, they probably said, what kind of a nut is saying this stuff? Jesus saw Jerusalem different than everybody else does. 1948, they got half the city of Jerusalem. 1967, they got the other half of the city of Jerusalem. Exactly what Jesus said. With exact preciseness, not, well, some city in the Middle East as the sun rises over the third horizon and when Jupiter aligns with Mars. It's exact. Jerusalem will come under complete Jewish control at the end. Exactly. Exactly. Precision. Friends, that's how you know. Now, if somebody goes around and makes a bunch of predictions and they don't come true, you can say, well, that guy's out to lunch. It is really fast. You can, you can draw the conclusion quickly. The Word of God is designed by Him. It's alive to change, to remind us who we are, not what we were, but what God's going to make us. So if you splattered yesterday... Or the day before, or even this morning, I got some great news for you. You're not what you're going to be. Oh yeah, you're a child of God today. But that only means that God began His work in you. There was a moment in a time where God begins His work in you. Now, why doesn't God change everybody then? Great question. Because God's a gentleman. He doesn't come in by force and say, okay, buddy, Let's get on the process. First of all, the Bible says we have to confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? Missing the mark. Sinning, when somebody says, well, you're a sinner. Yeah, that's right. Okay? And you know, that's a, that's a Greek term for shooting an arrow or getting your high-powered rifle out and shooting at a target and you try to shoot and hit the bullseye. That is, that's the target. When you miss the target, you sinned. Now we say you miss the target. In Greek culture, they say you sinned. You didn't hit the bullseye. Now what's so amazing about that particular word, it doesn't matter if you hit the bullseye or you shot it burly, you still didn't hit the target. You didn't hit the bullseye. So whether you missed it by an inch or you missed it by 500 miles, it didn't make any difference. The Bible says we're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. But here's the great news. When we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse, 
through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.